Oh, okay. Now it's there. All right. <laughs> uh, greetings, beautiful listeners, and welcome to my uh, dramatically gabled podcast, Loathsome Things, the podcast where we can't say the name of it and also can't say the names of the movies we watched. <laughs> this is my co-host, Sean. Hello. <laughs> And I am your co-host, Joss. <laughs> Joss and Shahan. Yeah. Yeah. And and Sean, uh, what do we do today? Today we do, uh, uh, we are going to talk about a ridiculous film from 1985, uh, a horror comedy uh, that was a pretty big hit, actually, and has... has like an okay hit. It made some money and then it turned into kind of a cult classic. But anyways, it's called House. Yes. Steve Miner's House. Not yeah. where he lives, the movie he made. No, but it is his kid. Spoiler alert. What, really? Yeah. Which one, Robert or Jimmy? Uh, I believe Jimmy. Because, you know, Jimmy was twins. Oh, that's right. Jimmy was twins. Maybe it was Robert. I don't, one okay. of the kids is his kid. Now I don't know. Probably, probably Robert, given his willingness to just let that kid cry and have a terrible time. That was a horrible child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it's worth noting that the uh, like tagline for this movie called House is "Ding dong, you're dead." <laughs> yes, that's correct. It's like, oh, good. And uh, this was Steve Miner's third directorial credit after uh, Friday the Thirteenth Parts Two and Three. That's right. So he was uh, he was in charge of the uh, post Jason's mom, but pre Jason's hockey mask part of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. He he got in on some of the classic stuff, and uh, uh, he brought along a bunch of his folks to make this movie as well. This is kind of a class reunion uh, get together, if not so much from the cast than from the crew. Yeah. Uh, Steve Cunningham, the writer. Uh, for those first two, uh, for those other two movies, two and three, I believe both of those. Anyways, he, that was, this movie was his original script, although his idea of it was going to be more serious. Well, not more serious. It's going to be totally serious. It wasn't supposed to be funny at all. And then uh, another of guy this did this movie? It. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, switch dogtails in with uh, dovetails or dogtail, you know. Yeah, hey, dogtails. Hey. Some kind of tail. Yeah, dog tags in to this. Yeah. Tickly, yeah. tiddly winks into the. I don't know what I'm talking Good. about. Okay. Uh, Kane Hodder does the is the stunt coordinator. I saw that. I was like, oh, look at you, nice. Yeah, yeah. So you know, brought some of the fa same composer to compose the shitty music in the movie. Yeah, the uh, it's it's a lot of cello business followed up by heavy synthesizer. Yeah, what was his name? Henry Manfredini or some goofy name like well, that. Well, I mean, if. if with a name like that, you have to go cello and synthesizing. That's true. Manfredini! <laughs> hey, it's a Manfredini! <laughs> oh, good! <laughs> uh, originally, that this was going to be a... Uh, was intended to be a segment for the Twilight Zone movie. Hey, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And yeah. uh, it, I guess it ended up maybe just getting bumped for space or whatever. Yeah, maybe um, they were like, we don't need any more horrible Vietnam sequences in that movie. I know, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably best that they got out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of where this, this 
idea this project got started, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, at the time, I mean, there was, I'm trying to remember some of the other movies that came out and this would be what, 1985? 1985. Lots and, of other movies, I'm sure. I did not look up that angle though. <laughs> yeah, I forget that, but there was some, you know, there were some heavy hitters that came out that year in, in, in horror. And, uh, you know, this one, I think people weren't, weren't probably expecting it to be that big of a hit and it did okay in the box office, but it, you know, in, in years past, it's become kind of a, you know, kind of a fan classic, I think just because it's so silly and doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I will say Steve Miner after this, he went on to direct Warlock uh, and then later direct Halloween H2O and Lake Placid and a really bad remake of day of the dead and uh, his his newest thing, it is only announced, it looks like it's in pre-production, it's announced that he will direct a movie called The Exorcism at Lincoln High. Oh, that sounds so, so bad. Yes. Yeah. He has also, other movie credits, also directed Private Valentine, Blonde and Dangerous, starring Jessica Simpson, <laughs> and Texas Rangers, starring James Vanderbeek, Ashton Kutcher, Rachel Lee Cook, Dylan McDermott, Usher, Tom Skerritt, Randy Travis, Alfred Molina, and Robert Patrick. Jesus Christ. That's like the most 90s cast of all time. It sounds awesome. That's horrendous. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. By the way, he also made another fine, fine film called Big Bully. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Me either. Oh, okay. Along along with a bunch of other like TV episode credits. Just oh like, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's directed episodes of like as early as the Wonder Years mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Practice, Dawson's Creek, and an episode of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But please hold that against him. Yes, um, <laughs> this movie would go on to spawn sequels because it was the '80s. So oh. there's House Two, the second story, mm-hmm. House Three, the horror show, and House Four, the repossession. Because in House Three, they forgot to stick with the house puns, <laughs> and and all of the sequels were complete bombs. Yeah, uh, none of a, a, a few of them. A la- uh, I forget which ones, but a few of them never even got released on video. Oh wow. And the the star William Cat, oddly for some reason, came back for the part four film, but was in was not in two and three. Yeah, yeah. In in uh, in House Two, the second story, I, I noted that uh, uh, as stunt quarter and also playing gorilla was Kane Hodder, <laughs> and uh, House Three, the horror show, starred Lance Henriksen. Oh boy! Oh boy! And I have, I went to Wikipedia for all three of these, and I, I uh, pasted in the final sentence of each article's uh, plot synopsis mm-hmm. for those movies. So at the end of this, we can find out what happens in the next three movies <laughs> involving this house. I think, I, I kind of want to say that I saw the second film, but since I clearly can't remember it, it obviously did not leave a very good impression. It's the one where uh, uh, his grandpa is buried in the backyard and he digs up dead grandpa and they have to, like, do hijinks together. Wow. I did not see that. That sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Yep. And well, uh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, one of one of I will say probably a big one of the reason that the big reason why these uh, sequels didn't do so great is that 
this movie relies heavily on William Cat's performance. I mean, it is uh, it is the the peg that this movie hangs its hat on, and he totally delivered. Yeah, I think he did a great job, and I think George Went was you know did a good George Went. Yeah, yeah, he did a. Uh, uh, oh, I don't have the note here. I'll I'll say it later. Uh, George Went reminds me of a specific thing that I'll say whenever he makes his entrance. Excellent. Um, let's see. Uh, William Cat has been like <laughs> he's been acting since like 1970. Yeah, um, he was in Carrie. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't see that in there. He was the boyfriend. Nice. He was also in Mash and Gunsmoke. And he was, of course, Ralph Hinckley and the greatest American hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in a bunch of uh, Perry Mason <laughs> movies. <laughs> and he was in uh, an episode of Diagnosis Murder, but not the episode of Diagnosis Murder that Steve Miner directed. Oh, OK. Nice. Yeah. And uh, he was in Walker, Texas Ranger. And he was in an episode of the TV series House. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They, but he never really did fucking all after after this movie right i mean yeah, he did uh, nothing of note really i i don't know if this came before or after the greatest american hero but that was like that's his thing that's the well they made this movie while the final season was airing so oh yeah, yeah. so this was probably his big like moment you know how stars like come out of obscurity and then they have like a year that is theirs and they make all the money and then they're done yeah, I just I wonder why he didn't uh, make the sequels since he was so lucky he was doing anything else. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I got to work with uh, Chuck Norris first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting my perm kinked out. Yeah, I've uh, I've got to go work with later stage, not nearly as badass Chuck Norris. <laughs> His head is huge. Ah, uh, yeah, good old Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, chucking, chucking right along. The old chuckaroo. So, uh, so we've been saying all these things about it. Go watch the movie. It's, uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's, I had, I, it's funny because I read a review that kind of summed up my feelings, which was that I had remembered it pretty fondly and then rewatching it was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. It's not yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not great but it's not horrible i've read a lot of positive reviews and a lot of negative reviews and i would say they both have great points yeah yeah it's silly and it's goofy and it's fun for that and when i was when i was younger you know i definitely enjoyed it a lot more because it was just it was just goofy so it wasn't like yeah it's it's not scary at all No, no i mean maybe if you're like five or six you know really young maybe but it's it's not really meant to be scary it's just meant to be kind silly and fun which it is yeah yeah it's uh it's like um i guess it it's like a evil dead but without some of the specialized awesomeness of the evil dead yeah it definitely has elements of evil dead in it and yeah uh, even some of the monsters are very evil dead-esque yeah that's true a lot of rubber used in this movie yeah a lot of a lot of shiny wet rubber too (laughs) that's right just just shiny sloppy folds Correct, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so maybe it is a horror film. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I have my own feelings. I feel like this movie is way more of a horror film than it lets on to be. Yes, but yes. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Excellent. 
so so go watch it and then come back because uh as per usual we are going to spoil every detail about it including the surprise ending oh i mean it's without mercy yeah yeah merciless surprise that's spoilage yeah all right so go and now you've come back and we can spoil it john what happens in this movie um questionably the wife dies Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I was going to say nobody dies, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, Big Ben kind of dies. Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben does. But Big Ben had already died. Yeah, Big Ben dies and then his ghost comes and then his ghost is killed, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for for a horror, for a, a comedy that's not very scary. This movie is quite a bit about a Vietnam soldier that was captured in battle, tortured for weeks, and then murdered to the point of coming back as a ghost. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty dark story, even on the surface. Yeah, it's like, how do we make PTSD hilarious? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this movie is, um, this is kind of like, what if National Lampoon directed a crossover of Apocalypse Now and Poltergeist? Yeah. Yeah. It, with latex. With, yeah, with, with, with lots of, lots of, uh, specific special effects. Yeah, that, that actually, yeah, that's true. The Poltergeist connection is pretty, pretty clear, too. Yep. Yeah, I feel like even like they're like, all right, so we need the like kind of happy skippity haunted house thing with the music and uh, some stuff. And this was after Poltergeist, like Poltergeist had already come along and been a big success. So they were like, we can do haunted house movies without them having to be 100% just pure shit your pants scary. <laughs> yeah, there can actually be a backstory. Yeah. Um. So a paper thin backstory, but a backstory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's an author for some reason. Yeah, he's an author who wrote uh, some famous, uh, some very famous horror horror books uh, in the movie world. Uh, mm -hmm. I forget what his main one was called. Blood, some blood dance. Yeah, blood dance. Yeah. And um, I, I had to read this. Uh, I, I was reading some trivia about the movie, and they mentioned that you can just barely see his one of his other or his other book. Uh, anyways, the title of that one is Sword of Bad. Oh, good. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty genius. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of little, like, fun details in there. I noticed uh, on, like, his little manuscript that he was working on, in big letters, he had written down the, the, the uh, it just said AK-47. I was like, okay, yeah, that's, okay, <laughs> whatever, guy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the uh, realtor that's showing the house was called Craven Realty. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that and uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, yeah, the, the aunt, that kid calls her Mrs. Hooper. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder if that's a reference to Toby Hooper. Uh, there, is, uh, there is a reference to the writer of this movie, and I can't remember what it is, but... Um... When he's on the phone with the FBI, mm -hmm. <laughs> the FBI agent that he's been pestering says, oh, by the way, this guy from the CIA called. He said, please stop calling. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same last name as the the author of this movie, the writer. Uh, oh, really? Cunningham? No, the other. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. The guy that did the rewrite. Yeah. The screenplay or whatever. Zippy McDickweed? 
Yeah, dickweed. Yeah, dickweed yeah. from the CIA called. He said, please stop messing with his uh, phone lines or whatever. That's it. Yeah. yeah dickweed. <laughs> <laughs> so... So this movie opens on a uh, cool Victorian house. Uh, they there is cello and synthesizer music playing, and they take photographs of the molding and gables from strange angles with strange filters on the camera to make it creepy. Yeah, like color negatives. Yeah, it's uh, it takes a long time, and it sets a very strange tone. And it's all, yeah, just, and then there's some panning through the house, and you see a cat run down the driveway, and yeah, supposed to be scary, except it's in California in broad daylight. Yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah. Um, it's like, wow, this is, a, um, that's the, the note I made is, wow, what a nice house. <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice, they really fixed it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we, we make it out to the front where a, a uh, jerk on a scooter wrecks his scooter on the curb. <laughs> I know that's so he just rides right into the curb. Yeah, he, he just bumps right into the front of it. I imagine that's not his because that thing is uh that would be wrecked. Yeah, that's how you end up with a flat tire, sir. I know. Um, he's there to deliver groceries. Uh, he goes to knock on the door, but the door opens, and oh, where's Mrs. Hooper? Um. So he goes looking through the house for her, talking about leaving the groceries or whatever, but then he hears stuff, and he goes up the stairs. He walks by a rad painting that he doesn't think is rad um, and finds Mrs. Hooper just swaying and dangling as hard as she can from a rope from the ceiling. Yeah, and and in no way can you notice the apparatus attached to her back. No, no, it's completely legit looking, definitely needed to just be a human doing that. <laughs> they definitely killed an old lady just for that shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cinema verite. That's right. Yeah, cinema necrote. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, then it quickly switches to a funeral scene. There is a cemetery that is uh, being rained upon, mm -hmm. and people are in the cemetery while it is raining. And I just wanted to take this moment to say, Gus Halwerda, director of Intersect, <laughs> this is how you shoot a rainy cemetery scene. It doesn't have to suck. You can just do it normal. Yeah, that's right. It could be as, as cliched. As, as any other movie, and still work perfectly fine. Yeah, they were able to do it back in 1985. They could probably do it today. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. And we see uh, William Cat. He has, uh, he's the main character of this movie. He has a very uh, funeral-appropriate umbrella, mm -hmm. which I do feel like that's a fun thing in, um, in uh, Hollywood movies is, there's specific umbrellas for funerals. Yeah. Like wood handle and black. Well, his was blue. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I remembered. What I don't know why I noticed that, but I was wondering if it was relevant because everyone else had a black one. Oh, like some sort of like a uh, uh, softer reverse of M. Night's uh, red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm sure there was no relevance. I did like the old man there that was talking yeah. to him. Yeah, the old man that uh, says that it just wasn't like your aunt to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> She'd never done anything like that before. 
Yeah, she's not crazy. Yeah, but his wife is. Yeah, now my wife, she's crazy. Yeah. But your aunt, she, there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. <laughs> and they show the guy's wife and she's bawling her eyes out. Though. Yeah, she's just sad. She said that a lady's down, a dead, and what a crazy bitch. Yeah, I like the, the, the some of the side characters, like the unnamed side characters are so cartoonish in this movie. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It, it definitely adds to the sense of humor of the film, especially the real estate agent that we'll get to later. Yeah. Um, not too much later. Um, but yeah, no, it's just th- this guy, this guy who thinks his wife is crazy and his wife will never show up again. in this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, little weird character moment. Yep. Yeah. Uh, your aunt wasn't crazy, but my wife sure is. Yeah. Just to reinforce, I guess, her uh, idea that the house is haunted or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But then, boom, all of a sudden we're at a book signing. Yeah. And like the weirdest people in 80s movies are all lined up to get their book signed. Yeah, they're awesome. I really like the uh, the line of people that they got, including the the first lady who is uh, like just quivering with excitement and sweating with joy and just can't believe that he's actually signing her mass market paperback. Like, I don't know what kind of book signing this is. Yeah. Like, apparently this very popular author's books come straight to mass market paperback. <laughs> yeah, but yet he's a huge hit. Yeah, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just a detail of that bothers bookstore people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, and, and all of these people, like, weird, like, punk rock dude. He's like, cool book, man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. He looks like a member of Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> yep. Um, and then there's, like, one special person in the line that's, like, poking his head out the side to ask questions about his next book. Uh, we find out that his next book is going to uh, be recounting his experiences in Vietnam, which apparently disappoints that dude. Yeah, and his agent is like, you know, kind of gives him that look like, dude, see? Yeah, see? <laughs> no one wants to read your real shit. Yeah, we just want your, we just want to read, uh, what is it, the uh, Sword of Bad Part 2. Sword of Bad. <laughs> sword too of bad, bad, too sword. <laughs> It's just a little pun, sort of bad. It's pretty amazing. Yep. Um, and uh, there's another lady who, while she is a fan of him, she also appears to be a fan of his wife, who is some kind of actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's talking about how beautiful she is and how she doesn't miss a single episode. Um, and then it's, he, oh, he's... Part of his thing is he's like, who are all of these weirdos? And Mm -hmm. his agent is like, these are your fans. Like, I don't know what's going on there. But (laughs) I guess that sets the tone that he's not prepared to be famous. Yeah, I don't I I don't know what that was about. Like he said, like, this is the first time he's ever realized that his fans or that fans of horror novels are complete dorks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems to be a surprise to him, uh, but I guess he gets used to it over the course of the movie because uh, then with that one, he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I can sign your book. Yeah, that's right. Everybody knows who he is because horror novelists are so well known. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not just a uh, Stephen King analog. No. Given that in this movie, they refer to a large dog as Cujo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, we get it. <laughs> 
But maybe, but I guess that you could make the argument that he's not an analog in the sense that he has writer's block, something that's never happened to Stephen King. That's true. Yeah, I guess what what he really needed. I mean, this was the middle of the '80s. What we don't see inside any of his house is a uh, like massive piles of cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> that's because he's done it all. Yeah, he's like, I just can't uh, can't write this book. Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we find out after after the signing that if he doesn't write another book, he'll have to give his advance back to Doubleday. I appreciated yep. that reference as that a little... bookstore person. Mm-hmm. It's like nice. Okay, we know his his uh, imprint. That's right. Um, and that's really the whole point of that scene. Then back at home, we find out that Roger sucks at cooking banquet TV dinners. <laughs> Yeah, they're really hard to cook. Yeah, he just throws, he doesn't even open the box or like peel back or, or anything. He just no. throws the whole thing in the microwave. That's right. And just... turns it on for, it was like 30 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It's like, okay, this guy, this guy's not doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then he sits down at a, uh, uh, just, just joyously enormous word processor. Oh, it's just ancient. Yeah, it's it's one of the ones with the little monitor that I guess is like already installed on the top of the thing. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it weighed the the whole thing probably weighed eighteen hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can see that he's working on his uh, Vietnam experience book. But yeah, he's he working on the title page. Yeah, yeah, he's just sitting there looking at that cursor. It's just mocking him. Um, let's see, he uh. He, that's whenever, yeah, that's when he calls the FBI to find out if they've learned anything new about his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, they're like, yeah, no, we haven't, but we will call you if we find out anything new about your son. Also, the CIA called, they said, please stop calling them about your son. <laughs> I really like that. The CIA is like, hey, can you guys talk to him? <laughs> yeah, while you're at it. Yeah. Since you have to call him already. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's when his wife calls. He pretends to be playing poker with the friends by turning up the music and being like, hey, guys, cut that out. Yeah, that old canard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his wife is pa- is played by Kay Lenz. Uh, she is also a forever long actress, uh, actor, sorry. Um, she was in the Andy Griffith show. She was the woman in Rod Stewart's infatuation music video. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Wow. And uh, she was also in an episode of the TV series House, but not the same episode as William Cat. <laughs> That's so weird. Yep. She was, was she like a soap actress? Because I know she won a daytime Emmy, which I'm assuming was from soaps. Maybe. I know that she was also in Murder, She Wrote, and Touched by an Angel, and Law and Order SVU, and all of the SVU, CSI type TV shows. Like one episode oh, wow. apiece. Wow. Yeah. She's got a strange mouth. Okay. <laughs> it's very wide. <laughs> Just thought I'd add that. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm surprised it took us 10 episodes to get to this person has a weird mouth. <laughs> I've been thinking about Kay Lenz's mouth since we started. <laughs> How do I work it in? Yeah. Weird mouth. <laughs> Murder she wrote. Weird she mouth. And then we see the wide weird mouth. 
Uh, well, Ooh. if you think her mouth is weird now, just wait until later in the movie. <laughs> it gets so much weirder. Yeah, so much. Um, let's see. Uh, she is at an awards ceremony as an actress. It turns out that she didn't win, and she is calling him from a payphone and uh, just trying to talk to him. She's sincerely interested in his life and what's going on. Meanwhile, people are trying to bother her and people are actively like doing photo ups with her while she's on the payphone. <laughs> like that guy that comes up and grabs her arm. Yeah. Like, start. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like they don't even care. It, it's not like he's a fan. I think he's like her co-actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's the, he's the co-star on the show. Because yeah. he shows up later. Uh, when he when the uh, when Roger is watching her show on TV, is that what the fuck was going on? Mm-hmm. I did not even catch that he was watching her show. Yeah, he was watching when when he had uh, the the Swedish lady's kid over. Yeah, yes, yes, good reference. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I I uh, I kept being like, what the fuck is going on with this crazy ass soap opera that he's watching, and I I didn't. <laughs> I'd never put it together. Yeah, because they watch he, at one point he's watching some weird horror movie and I couldn't find any reference to what it was. I don't even know if it was real. God, I don't know. That's yeah. a good thing to dig into. Fans, I'm, go dig into it. Tell us. Yes, let us know, please, because I couldn't find it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So so yeah, that one I, I have uh quotes from that that uh soap opera that I was watching in here because it plays into my pet theory. <laughs> but I did not ever take the time to like look at the faces and think about who they might be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's see. Um Oh, one thing. Is she yes. she's are they divorced or are they just separated? They are divorced. Uh at one point someone says ex-wife, but I was confused about that too. And it wasn't until I believe my third watch through, because I'm a nerd, that I figured out for sure, yep, ex-wife. It was so weird because they clearly you know, I mean there's they obviously still share the same feelings about each other, and I guess I guess they don't really dig into it, but obviously the implication is that the whatever the fuck happened to their kid, or the, the the vanishing of their kid tore them apart somehow. Yeah, yeah. Even though the, these people seem to have no emotions, so I don't know why it would even bother them. Yeah. Well, instead of emotions, they have V-neck sweaters <laughs> that dip real low. <laughs> yeah. That that it. I I guess. Yeah. The implication is that you know the loss of a child pulled them apart, but but she obviously. Uh, still cares about him, wants to know that he's doing well, checks in on him, and mm -hmm. he pretends to have friends that he doesn't have yeah. and yeah. lies to her and then does the the fun thing where right after she hangs up, he's like, oh, wait, no. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, Sandy, oh, wait. Uh. Yeah, that's right, Sandy. Yeah, it was very strange, uh, but good. Uh, and and part of what I liked, uh, part of it, it, a lot of the humor in this movie is like weird background business, like yeah. like like what was going on around her while they're having this not humorous conversation. Yeah, exactly. And the not humorous things going on around him that he was pretending were so humorous and happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's really stupid. Yeah. He uh, he gets off the phone by saying, hey, babe, I got to go. These guys are killing me at poker or whatever. So <laughs> bye. Yeah. 
who do you have over? And then the camera pans and there's no one. Oh, you know, just uh, just the guys. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he says. Yeah. What a jerk. And then after he hangs up, he's like, wow, I am an asshole. <laughs> That's right. So good time. Good time had. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he we see him. He's dreaming about. It looks like Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And uh, then his uh, a child is there that we assume is his son. And his right. child is playing with a toy on top of a, a makeshift grave. Mm-hmm. And then a creepy hand shoots out of the ground and grabs the kid and it screams. Yeah, it screams and then he wakes up. Yep. Yep. Starts so, packing up his shit. Yeah, yeah. He decides that it is time to go to Auntie's house. Yeah, he wants to go to there. Yep. Yep, uh, and so we find out that uh, Craven Realty uh, ha- is just put the his aunt's house, the aunt who died, the aunt who he went to the funeral of. I guess we didn't connective that tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, that they just put her house up for sale, and he doesn't want to sell it. He wants to move in. Yeah, uh, disappointing the real estate agent who was <laughs> seeing dollar signs. Yeah, the worst real estate agent. Uh, he explained that whenever his parents died his aunt took him in and raised him and the real estate agent said in what sounds like a really weird sound clip he goes what a remarkable woman <laughs> i know that was really strange it was it was very weird it doesn't sound weird when we say it but go watch the movie if yeah, you have he already. says it it's weird yeah it's very weird and then uh, he gives him a tour of the house mm-hmm, that he grew up in. that he grew up in and yeah. they go into the Oh, I think this here's the studio, which is a shed. Yep. At the back of this gorgeous house. Yep. And, yeah. And he's like showing him around and he's like, yeah, it was my uncle uh, was a fisherman or whatever. I forget what the fuck. He he hunt, he uh, he was a fucking Marlin fisherman. That's right. Because, yeah, the fish. Yeah. But so, yeah, as he's talking to the real estate agent, this guy's like. And the agent is absentmindedly playing with a harpoon gun. A loaded harpoon gun. <laughs> and, and of course, he points it at him and accidentally shoots mm-hmm. and almost almost uh, mercifully puts an end to the movie. <laughs> he, the, the harpoon lands like within inches of Roger's face and it does that whole like boy, yo, 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 sticking out. And... And the music in the scene doesn't change at all. And the guy just goes, oops, sorry. I love it. The whole brrrr. And Roger seems a little bothered by this, but not so bothered as to say anything or not just carry on with the tour of the house that he grew up in. Literally a little bothered. Yeah, slightly bothered by almost getting impaled. (laughs) Did he have a Vietnam flashback at being shot at? No. Nope. Nope. Handled it really well. No big deal. Uh, um, and so uh, also also in the, the studio is the painting, the last painting that his aunt was working on when she died. There's all kinds of business in it, including herself and a rope and some mm-hmm. stuff. And there's a dirty painter's rag dangling over the one side of the painting so that part of it is obscured. Mm-hmm. Because that's how real painters leave their dirty rags. They leave it on the canvas. Yeah, soaked in turpentine yeah. so that it takes all the paint off the canvas. Yeah, what a great artist. <laughs> what a dumb lady. <laughs> Heart of gold, though. 
Oh. <laughs> Heart of gold, really. Um, and so then he takes him back to the pool, at which point we get a flashback of cops telling him, oh, wait, no. Wait, what? My notes are bad. <laughs> we cut to the scene where the, the, the kid is playing in the yard. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, da, 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 da. the kid is, ah, oh, what the hell? I'm trying to remember how that works. Okay, it's okay. So I'll this, edit a bunch of this stuff out. Yeah, there's that weird scene where they, they cut to the kid and he goes missing in the yard or something and like Roger's searching for him. And then they show a car search speed away down the road for no reason because he's out in the front yard searching I, it. I think that is later in this movie. I think I think what happens right here is it's just the cops tell him that his son isn't in the pool. And that's when his aunt like does that terrifying smile after sneaking up on the cop. And uh, she's like, it was the house. It was the house that did it. <laughs> That's right. That that part does well. No, that that bit where he jumps into the pool and all that. I think that's. Uh, it seems like it's here, right? Well, let's see. Jimmy's in the pool. Yeah, he jumps in, and Jimmy's gone. And then yeah. then it flashes back to the house, like now. And uh, they go up to the studio, and uh, let's see the agent. That's when the agent almost hits him with the spear. Oh, okay. And then they go see the goofy painting, the like weird <laughs> surreal painting. And then it cuts to uh, a scene with Roger and uh, what's her name? Uh, Skippy. What's his wife's name? I can't remember. Sandy. Sandy? Yeah. yeah. Roger and Sandy, and they're upset, and they're talking to the cops. And that's when the aunt is, you know, she blames the house. the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And Sandy gets mad and, like, runs out of the room after yelling at her. And she goes, touchy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> That old lady was amazing. Yeah, so such a small role in this movie, but such a badass. <laughs> Touchy. <laughs> that that actress is. This is her only scene where her job isn't to be hanged. Yeah, <laughs> she makes the most of it. Yep. <laughs> so then we yeah. So now we're back. We're back with Roger and the agent, and Roger decides that he tells the guy he decides he's going to stay. Yep. Yep. He's going to work on his book in the house that he was raised in. And that his aunt hung herself in her brain. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna stay and continue to not write his book. Yeah. <laughs> so there he's at the cuts to it's nighttime, he's he's on his computer again, nothing. He's not you know, he's, he hasn't come up with anything. So he gets up and starts walking around and he's he looks at the Marlin that his uncle won some national record when mm-hmm. he caught caught it as you know, whatever, even so though big. It didn't, didn't look that big. Yeah. Um, or real. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, then he goes over and he sees this this uh, shark jaw of this very sad shark that clearly has a terrible underbite. <laughs> and was probably a shark picked without on. a dentist. <laughs> it's clearly picked on by the other sharks. <laughs> and he cuts his finger on one of those stupid movie things that never happens in real life. <laughs> where you're like, oh, look, a shark's tooth. Oh, I have a gigantic cut on my fingertip. <laughs> That instantly is bleeding like crazy. I put a note right here. What an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He really is. Oh my gosh. He cuts his finger on a shark's tooth. What an asshole. Um, That cutting the finger makes the music change and we hear from upstairs. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) 
This terrible ghostly voice. (laughs) So so he goes upstairs and goes to what was apparently his son's bedroom, and his son's bedroom is apparently Oregon Trail themed. Yeah, that was that was strange. There is horses everywhere, and instead of a race car bed, it is a like covered wagon (laughs) bed. Covered wagon bed, half of which is used for toy storage. Yep, so the the sides are like the big spoked wheels. <laughs> you know that kid was really going to grow up to be an asshole. Oh my god, the worst Jimmy. <laughs> it's almost like there's two of him. Uh, um, and so then he climbs into his son's horrible little like souvenir bed. <laughs> His little micro bed. Yeah, and takes a takes a whole sleep. Because I don't know about you, but when I want to go to sleep, I like to sleep on a bed that's three feet long. Yeah, and made out of half layer plywood. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, the next morning, he takes out the garbage, uh, and he is wearing the world's worst V-neck sweater. It is. It is plunging almost all the way down to his belly button. It is atrocious. It is. It is really. It is really in the center of the shot all the time now. And he he has nary a hair on his shiny chest. Yeah. No. It is. It is just a big hairless arrow made out of his skin, pointing directly to his dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's taking out the trash. Uh, there is a beautiful golden retriever digging in his dra- trash. And he's like, hey, stop. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, he sounds like Fred Schneider from B-52s. Yeah. <laughs> hey, stop. Taking out my garbage and my V-neck sweater. <laughs> Looking at my chest, that poison my dick. <laughs> oh wow! <sighs> so after he gets the dog to run away and writes his trash cans, uh, Mary Staven runs by. Uh, <laughs> That's right. She is uh, uh, latexed out or whatever. What is that? I don't know what that material is called. Lycra. I don't oh know. yeah, lycra down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's just not making sweat stains on her workout jogging costume. Uh, Mary Staven, uh, actress from Octopussy and A View to Kill, and yeah. also played Heba in uh, season one of Twin Peaks. That's amazing. Yeah, the Icelandic woman that gave Jerry Horn a leg of lamb, among other things. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> she is Very. so Swedish. Yes. <laughs> Yep, yeah. I uh I was like, "Oh, cool. <laughs> we have we we have a guest appearance from Twin Peaks in this movie. This yeah. movie has lots of guest appearances from people that were in other cool things. <laughs> in other things much cooler than this." Yeah. <laughs> uh so he watches her go into her house figuring out that uh she's his neighbor and right whenever he's just at like maximum lost in his thoughts fantasizing about her, we hear, "Howdy, neighbor." <laughs> Oh, God. And it's Norm! The mighty Norm. Yep. Yep. George Went is there. He's the next door neighbor. He's watering his plants, and his name is Harold. And he's, if you don't know who I'm talking about, he's kind of a bland Jeff Garland. <laughs> yes, that's true. 
just dopey and kind of the everyman character. Yeah, yeah. He also has a, a fun hair thing going on with like waves and body and all kinds of goodness. They're, they're, yeah, these two guys have probably the curliest hair in Hollywood. Yeah, it's great. Right next door to each other. Yeah, except maybe Dwayne in Basket Case. <laughs> <laughs> the fully permed mullet is hard to beat. Or maybe Donald Sutherland in Don't Look Now. <laughs> wow, we only pick fro movies, don't we? Uh, and Crabcore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why no one listens to this show. <laughs> they, like, they just pick a movie with normal hair. Just afros and Crabcore. These guys are supposed to be talking about horror movies. They're just talking about haircuts. I've never been so miserable listening to something. Oh, God. I hope they start talking about cannibals soon. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Too bad. Just rubber. <laughs> what kind of material was her jogging suit made out of? <laughs> oh, it could have been Lycra. It could have been spandex. <laughs> I can't believe it's V-neck. <laughs> Do you think he does curl? <laughs> Just a there. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Norm, aka Harold, introduces himself. He says it's good to have a new neighbor because the woman who there before was a, a nutty bitch. She was a senile old hag, <laughs> and he wouldn't be surprised if someone offed her. To which. <laughs> to which Roger replies, she was my aunt. <laughs> and without missing a beat, he's heart of gold, a saint, a beautiful woman for her age. <laughs> That's great. It was a really good little shtick. Uh, yeah. He invites him over for like food and finds out he's single and says, hey, we should drink beer and watch baseball. Uh, and then he figures out that he's the author of Death Dance to which he says, I'm your biggest fan. And then he pulls out a wad of loose pages from the guy's book. <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. Yeah, he's like, could you sign my copy of your book? And it is just, it is, I guess, a mass market paperback that he has read three times. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It is just, it is just, it looks like loose mail. Yeah, that he apparently just keep carries with him everywhere he goes. Yeah, we didn't even see where he pulled it out of. We can only assume it was his pocket. One one can hope it was his pocket. <laughs> yeah, maybe has it tucked into the back of his jeans like a gun. <laughs> he holsters it. Yeah. Uh, they have a whole conversation about how Roger is looking for solitude. Uh, and it's all awkward, and then uh, then Roger goes back inside by himself, and we see that he has a million locks on the door. Yeah, there are so many locks. It's deadbolts, it's the little slidey bar, it's the thing on the chain that you have to put on one side and then slide over. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a museum of locks. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, oh, this one's a historical lock. <laughs> He's got them all. <laughs> All he needed was like the hooks with the wooden thing that you lay across the door. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or or the one where it's the, the U-shaped bar that goes across and is on that little like peg and it's supposed to do something for your <laughs> shitty hotel room, but it doesn't. But it does fuck and all. Yes. That little, that little curvy piece of metal that's yeah. some, supposed to keep people out of your room. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> what a great device. Oh, good. We're safe. <laughs> um, he goes back to writing. Uh, and now, now whenever he starts writing, it's a uh, flashback style. He's in mm-hmm. Vietnam. Ben is introduced. Ben is a piece of shit. He's uh, enormous. And uh, he does a little trick where instead of giving you a cigarette, it's a snake. Yeah. Yeah. And because because he just he just walks around Vietnam with a cigarette tin in his back pocket with a snake living in it. Just just in case someone asks him for a cigarette. Yep. (laughs) What a dick. Yeah. And that's not the last time that Ben's weird sense of humor is really inappropriate to the situation. (laughs) Ben is a raging asshole. And Ben is played by Richard Mall. Yeah. Bull from Night Court. Yes, and also uh, Caveman in Ringo Starr's movie Caveman with Dennis Quaid and Shelley Long. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And his wife. What? His wife was in that one, wasn't she? Oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to pick out Ringo Starr's wife. Does she look uh, like Ringo Starr? <laughs> no, she's much more attractive than okay. him. That makes sense. Good good job, Ringo. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a beetle. Yeah, the worst beetle. <laughs> <laughs> The dung beetle. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love Ringo. <sighs> um, so yeah, pause this podcast and go watch Ringo Starr's movie Caveman and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, with his wife, Tits McGee. I can't remember her name. I don't know. But it's also like super early Dennis Quaid career. Like, whoa, look at baby Dennis Quaid. Yeah, pre-complete freak out Dennis Quaid. Oh, did he have a freak out? Dennis? Oh, no. Oh, I'm thinking of Randy Quaid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Yeah, he's... That's a different guy. Yeah. He can fly. He's pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lordy, lordy. Um, let's see. After after saving them from, uh, or after doing a trick with a snake in a cigarette tin, he saves them from a gr- grenade and then does awesome bull, uh, machine gun business. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and then then Roger's done writing for the evening. Yeah, it's. I mean, so far the writing process has been going really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, then he. I put the note. Watches something horrible on TV. That must have been that horrible horror movie that he's watching. Okay. That I'm curious about. I'm gonna have to. I'm get, well. We'll do some digging. Fans, go do some digging. It'll take too long for you to hear this, but we'll yeah. do, do it anyway. We'll probably have figured it out by then or not. That's right. Um, and he turns off the TV with the remote. And then he sees a horrible ghost child out of the window. Uh, the, the ghost child calls him daddy. And he turns that child off with the remote. <laughs> because that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's this, this movie introducing, oh, maybe the things he's perceiving aren't real. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, then he follows Ghost Giggles back upstairs to a uh, closet. And uh, just as he's uh, like, it's like this whole tense, like the music and he's walking and all of this stuff. And he finally walks all the way over to the closet door, reaches out and grabs the door handle. And just as he's about to open the closet, the music stops. He stops and he goes, I must be going crazy. <laughs> that's right. leaves. In that voice. Yeah. 
He leaves. He goes and brushes his teeth in the bathroom and nothing spooky is going on. And then he just goes back to the closet. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Maybe I should open that closet door. Yeah, that some of that stuff made no sense. It was just they, like they didn't really know what they were doing with the sequencing or something. Yeah. Yeah, he also they're... seems to have a, a number of bathrooms in his house that he uses each, you know, like, at different times. Yeah, yeah. And other people use. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, what's all the fucking bathrooms? Yeah, I think, so So I think that bathroom is actually an ensuite bathroom for his kid's bedroom. The, the, the covered wagon bedroom. Whoa. Yeah. Because the later. The Oregon Trail room. Yeah. Yeah, because later in in the movie, whenever he's running away from the oh, spoiler something, uh, he goes into the Oregon Trail bedroom and then through there goes into that bathroom. Oh yeah, yeah. That's because true. because that uh, that that uh, like pharmaceutical grade um, uh, mirror is important to the movie later. Apparently, all those interior shots are shot on a soundstage at uh, Desilu Studios. Where oh, I guess okay. Where I'm assuming they made uh, the you know the Lucille Ball show. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and so totally uninteresting. Yeah, just a bunch of small apartment bathrooms. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be interesting. I don't know if we ever saw Lucy and Desi's bathroom on I Love Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Ever being in there. Yeah, probably at a time whenever they had to have two twin beds, you probably didn't get to see their toilet. Lucy, I'm out of ass wrap. <laughs> Lucy, you might not want to go in there for a minute. <laughs> I haven't puked in ten years. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> uh, so he so he goes to the closet. And opens it, nothing happens, and then the clock strikes midnight. Yeah. Ooh, and so, of course, he has to open it again, and a huge, gross, melty face and claws swamp thing type monster attacks him through the closet. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I mean, ridiculous, but yeah, pretty cool looking creature. Yeah, it uh, it scrapes across his, his chest and ruins his shit. Um, and then he closes the door and it's fine. Yeah, and this brings up something that I don't understand. Why is midnight relevant only only in certain ways? Because all kinds of shit happens throughout the day, but you know, for some reason, only certain things happen at midnight that don't seem to have any connection to anything. Yeah, um, I don't know. And it doesn't really seem to have to be exactly midnight. I think it's just like maybe midnight is when it starts. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true because that horrible child got like <laughs> that little demon spawn. Yeah, he got abducted by by horrible one-off chimney children uh, way before midnight. I I thought it was before midnight. Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff that happens during the day and yeah, it's almost like this is just a little hanging piece of flavor that they forgot to incorporate into the recipe of this movie. Hey, but that can't be it. No, no. <laughs> it must have been poorly edited. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thrown together. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so then, uh, in re reaction to this horrible monster coming out of his closet and attacking him and uh, ruining his attire, um, he decides to order all the cameras. Yeah, every camera from every brand. Yeah. Just yes. in case, I don't know. Yeah, they are delivered in a huge truck. Loaded. Yeah, yeah. it looks like a camera company is moving into his house. <laughs> Including a brand called Quasar that you don't see around anymore. Oh, yeah. I think I might have used to have a Quasar. I think I did too. I think, I, I think they used to make microwaves, if I remember correctly. Ooh, TV slash camera slash microwave. <laughs> Cameras that, that Stick your surfing. face in it. Cameras that serve little purpose in the film, other than to just be set up in the room. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just they're just kind of there. It's very strange, and some of them. Well, yeah. So he sets up all of the cameras in front of uh, in front of the closet, and some of them appear to actually like be hooked up to other things. Mm -hmm. And he's got like lights that are all set up, not turned on, no. but he, he's got like everything ready. But then he also has like regular like click the button and turn the stupid little dial for the next, you know, piece of film to come in cameras yeah. that aren't hooked up to anything, but he's got them all set up. Like, uh, like they're all pointing at the fucking closet. It's very strange. <laughs> and now he's dressed in what I, what you have to assume is his, uh, leftover Vietnam get up. Yeah. He's got the full get up on. Yeah. The full metal jacket. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the helmet, he's got a, a flak vest, and really, really dumb-looking goggles. Um, <laughs> That's right. And a pair of boots that he probably bought at Red Wing. <laughs> yep. And uh, and so he's, like, checking all of the equipment, and he's got a, a rope tied to the doorknob of the closet. And I guess he does, he wants to do a trial run, so he, like, fakes the motion of pulling the rope that's tied to the door handle... And then starts doing acrobatics, like tumbling out of the room, tumbling down the stairs and and jumping out of the front door and going into a uh, like down on your knees rock god slide with his hands up triumphantly in the air that matches the music. And he goes, oh, and he's in so strange it's very weird um and uh he's now he's in his front yard and who should be there but next door neighbor harold who is walking his dog on, on roger's lawn and right like, across his lawn yeah, yeah. And he's like what you doing <laughs> the omnipresent harold yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's such a weird scene it yeah it, it just made it's like why is okay why is he doing a tumble run down the hall and then the the like yeah the rock star slide down the sidewalk which would never happen would never work i mean yeah he would have shredded his knees oh my god i was thinking that like i even went back and i was like does he have knee pads on i hope he's got knee pads on <laughs> poor that's guy gonna, that's gonna leave a mark <laughs> yeah. um it's so weird but then of course now it's a, a funny thing because harold is there and uh, they have like a whole awkward conversation where where Roger has to play off that all of this happened. Yeah. 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 What does he say? Solitude's always better when with someone else around. <laughs> that's, that's later. Is that later? I that's love that later line. Whatever he tries to hoard in on the action. Oh, yeah. 
Solitude's always better with yeah. someone else around. <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever Harold finally goes back into the house, we go, or no, when uh, Roger goes back into the house, it pans over to Harold and he goes, writing looks like fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's a riot. Yeah. And at this point, the movie is one third of the way over. Oh, God, is it really? Yeah. It's not even that long. It's not. Uh, I think it's like, you know, a pretty standard, like, 92 minutes, including, yeah. including closing credits. Yeah, I think you're right. It's around there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and now he goes back to do it for real, where he pulls on the rope, the closet opens, nothing's in there, but also none of the cameras go off. So I'm yeah. not really sure how it was supposed to work. Yeah, and, and that was the only tension probably in the entire movie was the moment right before he opens the door. Yeah, wasn't wasn't exactly tense, but there just there's just there's nothing really even attempting to be. There's like a couple tiny jump scares in the movie, maybe. Yeah, um, but for the most part, they're playing it for laughs. Yeah, there, there's there's another tense part of this movie uh, 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 with this closet later on. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's it's so I don't know, I guess all of those cameras are monster activated. Yeah. Like like they just I don't know. <laughs> he didn't Someone have thought to it would anything. Yeah. Somebody thought it would be really funny to have to have him order all these cameras and set them up and then they just abandon the idea. They just leave him there, but it comes to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so he doesn't get any footage of the thing and then later all it does is, uh, you know, later when Harold shows up and he's like, uh, solitude's always better with someone else around. He's like, hey, what's with all the cameras? <laughs> so so that really is that that becomes the end of their story. Yeah, maybe they couldn't figure out how else to shoehorn in all of their uh, camera product placement. They're like, <laughs> oh, man, Ca- uh, Quasar and Betamax paid us a bunch of money to be in our movie. In in the four hour Zack Snyder cut, they have a whole bit about the cameras. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. We want the Zack Snyder cut of house. <laughs> and preferably a black and white variant as well. Oh, is the Zack Snyder cut black and white? No, but there is uh, a ver- black and white variant that you can watch. Okay. Or version. Yeah. Why? I know. I mean, you have to give him credit that he was able to edit an entire film while masturbating in front of a camera, in front of a mirror. Oh, man. Now, finally, people think that I'm not as shitty as Joss Whedon. This is going to be so good. More fat Batman action. Uh, Hey, Zach. (laughs) Go suck a tailpipe. (laughs) Uh, isn't this that zombie movie that came out with the uh, with the uh, dude in it? That's him, right? Oh, the the one that's on Netflix right now. Yeah, that's three and a half hours long. Oh God, is it? I think so. Oh wow, is, it's getting that's... terrible terrible reviews. I haven't watched it. It's got uh, Dave uh, Bautista. The guy, yeah, Bautista. Yeah, yeah, the guy who's quitting Marvel because he's too old to do shirtless scenes. Yeah. And just admits that, that I think that's awesome. He's like, uh, yeah, no, I can't do shirtless scenes anymore because I'm like 50 and it sucks. <laughs> exactly. Like, you can get your beefcake from someone else. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. 
<sighs> okay. Because yeah, he really just looks terrible now. <laughs> Dave Bautista just looks terrible. Just run down. Yeah. A head like a big toe. <laughs> it's just like a bag of muscles. Basically <laughs> all he is. Yeah. yeah. He just really hates being shirtless with all of that awesome body paint on. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, they, what is it? Well, I've skipped too far down. Um, the, the, that is when Harold shows up with the midnight snack. Okay. Yeah. And the Chinese food. Yeah. And he says solitude is always better with someone else around. Yeah. Uh, they go to, they go to the kitchen and they're, they're hanging out and yeah. Harold's being intrusive and, and, uh, and that's the bit where, uh, Roger's like talking about, his ghost experience, like kind of trying to set Harold up yep. to help to, to quote unquote, help him. Yeah. 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 Uh, Harold's like, no, no offense, but uh, your aunt was Looney Tunes. And he goes, what about me, Harold? Do you think I'm Looney Tunes? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> nope. Just wearing a dumbass sweater. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it there, buddy. Yeah. He says, uh, he says uh, he doesn't think he's crazy, but you know, because he's been through what he's been through, he's, probably got a few marbles rolling around <laughs> that's right another intersect reference <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> my god intersect literally jumps around in time <laughs> it'd be so great if you just see a nate walk past in the background <laughs> <laughs> matching oh. mouths with sandy <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, would be the worst thing that ever happened to me <laughs> Not even close. Nothing would ever come close. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that fucking Nate? <laughs> no! What is happening? He was also in the cemetery while it was raining. Why is he the same age? <laughs> That's the Zack Snyder cut of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he introduces Nate. The one character missing from this. Oh. Um, so uh, their conversation ends all weird. And as uh, as uh, Harold is leaving, he grabs Roger's. Um, I don't know what those things are called. Contact book. What were those called? Oh yeah, like his little his little phone book. Yeah, the little like journal. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The the one where you keep people's phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> We call them cell phones now. Yeah. <laughs> he, grabs, he grabs his 1985 cell phone um, and goes to his own house and uh, calls Roger's wife from his own very Pepto-Bismol colored phone. Yeah, that's right. Turns out he's actually concerned about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually just like worried about him. And he, he he's calling he's calling his favorite authors also celebrity wife, but isn't like all starstruck about it. He's like, hey, I'm worried about uh, I'm worried about Roger. You know, I think he's he's having a hard time. He, he what does he say? He says doesn't have his act together. Yeah. Um, and is concerned about him. And, and she's like, I can. I've got to wake up early in the morning. And um, uh, and then uh, she's like, I'll call him. And would you just, you know, keep an eye on him until I can do whatever. And so. Uh, oh, yeah. She also says, I'll, and here, let me give you my daytime phone number. And he yeah. doesn't pull the like. <laughs> yeah. Like, the movie guy, like, you know. Boing, 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 boing. Yeah. 
Yeah, or even like, yeah, not even even excited like in in a in a oh my god type of way, but just like uh huh yes, like oh, so yeah. he he's good just idea. a normal like being a good conscientious ethical good neighbor. <laughs> yeah, in this crazy. movie where he's supposed to be portrayed as like the crazy intrusive neighbor, he's just like okay, yep. He's the only decent person in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so apparently she's going to call Roger um, after they hang up on the phone. We switch to Roger, who is doing a writing slash flashback. And uh, him and Ben are on point in Vietnam. And Ben does this whole, you, Charlie, scene. It's fucking stupid. It's very strange. Like this guy clearly has a death wish. Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine that later in this movie, this guy might get shot by Vietnamese soldiers. He's a real knob. Yeah, he's the worst. I also noticed that Roger in Vietnam has one of those little tiny nub that's left over of a pencil stuck in the strap around his helmet. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but Big Ben, instead of that, has two old chicken bones. And a skull drawn on his helmet yeah. cover. It's like, whoa. Okay. Oh, yeah. Roger also had that mysterious little green bottle that they they all have inside the strap of their helmet. There's always one guy with the little green bottle. I think it's like gun juice or something. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. It's I think it's gun juice. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, listeners, you can't use that. I've copywritten that term. Check your local convenience store shelves for gun juice later this summer. Hey, honey, can you go to Academy and pick me up some gun juice? I'm going to need a 10-pack of gun juice. (laughs) Yeah, we're taking the boys hunting. Going to need a whole mess of gun juice. It gives me energy, and it gives me bullets energy. (laughs) Get... Get Uncle Josh's gun juice today. Yeah, that's the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Josh's gun juice. Yeah. Get it in ye. <laughs> I wonder why we never went into advertising. Which is gold. Um, okay, so back to the thing. Uh, oh yeah, this is where he, uh, he hears noises and, uh, then has to do, um, he has to do battle with a major league version of Big Mouth Billy Bass. (laughs) That's right. Because the mounted Marlin on the wall does the, has the exact same range of motion as Big Mouth Billy Bass, but is just huge and floppity. Yeah, wakes up for no reason and just starts flopping on the wall like like Big Mouth Billy Big Billy Bass mouth. Yeah, Big Mouth Billy Bass, Big Mouth yeah. Billy Bass. Yeah, Big Mouth Billy Bass and gun juice. <laughs> um, so he goes all the way out to the shed <laughs> to find something to kill the uh, Big Mouth Billy Marlin, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a loaded harpoon. the The harpoon gun is there again. It's loaded again. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, nah. And then he finds a pistol, but can't find any bullets for it. And then he finds shotgun shells. So he grabs the shotgun, grabs the shells, runs back inside. And that's when we see him leave the the like shed and go inside. We can see that it's like morning outside. Yeah. 
it's super weird that happens a lot in this movie where it's like full daylight outside but inside it looks like it's night yeah i they they got a little carried away with the desilu lighting <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then he shoots the marlin through the uh fish body mm-hmm. and uh then it makes a horrible cat noise and stops moving around and so he drapes a red towel over it M. Night Shyamalan um, <laughs> you know why that happened by the way that whole towel thing did you read that no I didn't he he drapes the, the whole reason they have him drape the towel over it is because the, the scene where he shoots the when they shot the scene where he shoots the 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 fish where yeah. you know they put the hole in the fish or whatever yeah that was that was out of out of um uh, like time wise in the in the shooting schedule, oh. it was out of schedule, and so I guess they realized they needed more shots with the fish, so they just put a towel over. Nice, <laughs> good. So what you're saying is they really thought everything through. Yeah, what what I'm saying is don't be surprised when you notice lots of continuity errors because <laughs> apparently there's a million of them. Yeah, I didn't care enough to look for any. But I didn't notice any. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's several. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. uh, let's see. Um, oh, so he kills the marlin. Yeah, again. Uh, yes. He kills the dead marlin. Kills the dead marlin. Band name, call it. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. He. Uh, washes his face. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh and, yeah. And oh, go ahead. In the ba- in, yeah, in the adjoining bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. He. Yeah. Okay. So he washes his face in the adjoining bathroom, and then I can't remember if he hears something, but anyways, he he opens the door to you know back into Jimmy's bedroom, and all the garden tools. <laughs> yep. Are waiting, like floating in the air, getting ready to attack him. Yep, yep. That's what we we skipped over whenever he was looking That's for right. something to to shoot the marlin with. All of the like rusty axes and sickles and nonsense uh, flew off the shelves and made attack at him. That's right. And, and he then got him at the last second, of course. yeah, yeah, he got made it out at the last second into the broad day, light of day, and uh, and then now after he's defeated the marlin and is trying to like collect himself now they're like floating outside the bathroom door waiting for him to come out you might not want to go in there for a few minutes (laughs) do not go in there i haven't puked in 10 years (laughs) it's been 10 years since the last time i shot the marlin if you know what i mean (laughs) it's on the decade plan (laughs) um so I don't even know. How does he escape them? Do they just like fly around and then it's over? I was kind of hoping you would remember because I don't, there must be another doorway out of the bathroom or something. Cause yeah. I really don't remember. Let's see. They, they attack him from the other room. Let's see and if we can put it back together with imagination. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember because the next thing that I make a note of is him, you know, running down the stairs with his gun and Sandy sees him. Yeah. She just walks in because that's what people do in movies. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, you know, like her husband's house or whatever. Yeah. And she is worried about him. Yeah. Um, So it is a certain time of day outside. 
Uh, it yeah, is could, full. Could be any time. It would just we just know it's day. Yeah, it is full, full bright California sunlight outside. Um, and now Sandy is in the giant, beautiful like foyer. And uh, what? Um, he has the gun. Uh, she says that she tried to call him, but there was no answer, which totally checks out because the last time we saw her, she said she was going to try to call. And since then, all he has had is weird flashbacks and he's fought a Marlin and also uh, fought tools. Yeah. Yeah. Some scripted continuity that actually checks out. Yeah. Uh, we find out and she was like, I'm worried about you. Um, and he sets down the shotgun and the shells on the little on the little table and one rolls off the edge of the tape one shell rolls off the edge of the table she bends over to pick it up and when she stands back up she is <laughs> <laughs> she is a hideous wet lumpy giggle demon yeah pretty yeah. pretty pretty insane uh, special effects suit yeah yeah it's 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 all kinds of gross gray blue rubber and and a just just horrible like going out at night dress gaudy lipstick like bright red yeah yeah with with like those horrible like dagger teeth that are like shaped the wrong way and are are horizontal when they should be vertical and she looks uh, like the judge from the wall with makeup on <laughs> yeah yeah, and, and she's making like horrible <laughs> noises. <laughs> yes, she is. And um, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it, it is really good. We don't really get a good shot of her horrible, like enormous down to the knees tits yet, but that'll come later. Yeah, don't you worry. We see, we see hints. We see horrible, horrible forever long side boob a little bit here, but that's it. Um,. And she she needs she might need to get a brelt. <laughs> As seen on TV's Brelt coming to Walgreens. Sick. Been I've, waiting a long time to set that one. I up forgot too. about the Brelt. <laughs> I did too until that moment. <laughs> Oh, the horrible cousin of the brosier. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he shoots her. Yeah, and she drops dead immediately. Yeah, he, he, he shoots her right through the chest, out through the front door, and uh, she lands on the, on the porch... And uh, whenever he goes and looks, that's uh, not a horrible demon. It's just Sandy that he shot through the chest and she's now dead. Yeah. 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 He, he, and it's broad daylight. She's out there. And of course, Harold hears all this. Yeah. He hears the gunshot. He goes to the window and he sees, uh, he sees uh, Roger with the shotgun. He calls the police and he reports a suicide attempt. <laughs> which is very strange. Yeah, because there's no there's no sign that he tried to commit suicide. He's just standing on his front doorstep with his gun. Yeah, like like a good American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nothing unusual about that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Howard, I, I guess the, because of the way, his view, Howard can't see her laying on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of the shrubbery. 
That's right. Um, and so, so that's going on. And, uh, Roger is, uh, we switch back to Roger and he's sad because he just killed his ex-wife, Sandy. But not too sad. Not too sad. Not, not so sad that he doesn't try to hide the body. (laughs) Immediately picks her up and goes and stuffs her in, I think one of his, no, in this weird crawl space under the stairs. Yeah. In the Harry Potter room. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. He like picks her up and is a little bit sniffly, and he's like, "Oh, Sandy, Sandy," <laughs> and he uh, he uh, puts her in there, and then the cops are like showing up. So he sits down on the steps of his porch and picks his shotgun back up, even though the cops have already pulled up to his house and yeah. they can see him not sitting. He then proceeds to sit down, pick up his shotgun, and start. Start polishing, uh, polishing his gun, <laughs> like they like the cops would ever fall for that. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, uh, hold on, guys. Wait, maybe maybe he's just polishing his gun. <laughs> um, and uh, so so for me, this is uh, uh, I've alluded to this. This is where the movie changed entirely for me. Like mm-hmm. I know that this is supposed to be a screwball horror comedy. But everything that I've been seeing up to this point, I was waiting for. There are lots of indications that Roger is crazy, like that yeah. that he has lost it. And so I kept waiting for confirmation from the movie that this that the horror elements of it, like the demons and, and haunting and whatever, is real and not just something that he's hallucinating in in his own head. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's like, oh, okay, no, there's there's no hallucination. There, there, it's it's all him. It's the horror of this movie is that he has gone nuts and he is experiencing this crazy haunted house scenario, but it's really just the real world around him, and he is inflicting damage upon it. Yeah. And so for me, this this that scene where he shoots his wife is like, oh, fuck. OK, so that's what this movie is. This isn't a screwball horror comedy. This is actually a, a like dreadful, terrifying horror movie. <laughs> yeah, because he literally just shot his wife. He just shot and killed his wife because she looked like a demon. And now he's hiding the body. Um, so, yeah, so. From this point on, I will be describing the movie I saw, and John will be describing the movie he saw. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Um, so let's see. Um, the cops show up, and uh, I thought it was really cool. One of the cops is Stephen Williams, who plays Creighton Duke in Jason Goes to Hell and Mr. X in The X-Files. Oh, that that big goofy looking white guy. No, was that, no, was it the, him? No, which the, one is the, it? The uh, the long of leg black dude that needs to use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he also is Rufus Turner in Supernatural. Oh, that's right. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, but uh, but especially Creighton Duke from Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and apparently Roger's going to be getting a ticket for discharging a firearm within the city limits. Yeah. Uh, but then it turns out that they know him because he's a famous author and all cops <laughs> read books. Every single person he encounters knows who he is. Yep. Um, and uh, and uh, police officer Stephen Williams is like, uh, I know this is going to sound like a crazy question, but I have a request. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, sure. Because he's like, oh, OK, I get it. Fans, I they obviously want me to sign their book. And he's mm-hmm. like, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> 
the the old sleight of hand. <laughs> so uh, so he lets him in, and just as just as the police officer is about to get to the Harry Potter door that is ajar and see the dead corpse, he uh, runs. Uh, Roger runs and closes it, and the, directs him to the actual bathroom. Um, Harold is trying to get in the whole time, but the other cops like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Oh, I'm the next door neighbor. I'm the one that called you." He's like, "Yeah, right. Beat it." That's right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. Beat it. Um, let's see. Uh, they the cops want coffee. That's when Harold busts his way back, and he's like, "Coffee would be great." So they go into the kitchen where there's extra shotgun shells on the floor, and they have a whole scene where they're talking about whether or not one cleans one's gun while it's loaded. Yeah, which he which we've already touched on that issue because that was his excuse that the gun went off while he was cleaning it. Mm-hmm. So we already know that he does things with the gun loaded because he's an idiot. Yeah, but he had also said that they were like, I thought you said you were just cleaning the gun and that it was unloaded. And he was like, well, what's the point of having a gun if you don't load it every once in a while? <laughs> That's right. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, eventually, uh, oh, yeah, he leaves because he's like, oh, my God, how long does it take a police officer to pee? <laughs> and uh, he goes and finds that police officer who's looking at his aunt's crazy uh, uh, art on the wall. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, my aunt used to be an artist. And he's like, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he finally gets all of the cops and Harold to leave, but before so he panics because his gun is gone, and he's like, mm-hmm. my gun! They're like, what about your gun? He's like, oh, nothing, please leave. Um, <laughs> so they all go, never to be seen again except for Harold. That's uh, right. Cop scene is over. I don't know why it was there. Didn't really need to be there at all. Yeah, but it, that's fine. It's it's background business, and this movie loves background business. Um yeah. Anything to move things along. Yeah. And uh, and so now that he's alone in the house again, um, he's looking for his wife. Uh, he's looking for his gun. He's looking for his wife's body. It's no longer under the staircase. Um, and then he, he sees like a, a door, uh, uh, hears noises, sees doors opening and closing, chases, uh, goes all the way up into the room with the closet from earlier. And we see his uh, uh, the demon version of Sandy holding the shotgun behind him while he's slowly approaching the closet door, and she attacks him, and they have a whole fight, and um, uh, it he he wins because when he opens the door, all of the tools are flying to get him, and he ducks, and they all shred Sandy. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so that's the payoff of the flying tools. We won't see them again. They behead Demon Sandy. <laughs> um, of course, that's the normal version of the movie. What I'm seeing is he's probably carrying Sandy's dead body around the house and slowly dismembering her with garden <laughs> tools that are not in fact flying around and just having a really good horror scene that we don't get to see. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh man, yeah, weird stuff. It is. It is very weird. Um, so then he takes her head and buries it in one hole in the yard. 
I really like that his burial method is to not try to put the sod back on top or make it look like anything but I buried something here. Yeah. (laughs) And then he uh, wraps the rest of the body, carries it downstairs, and is trying to bury that. But then uh, we find out Hot Neighbor Lady is swimming in his pool. Yeah, just shows up and swimming. Yeah. Her excuse is ridiculous. Her excuse is that her uh, his aunt used to always let him swim there. And yeah. so she hopes it's still okay with him that she swims there, which you'd think he would remember since he grew up in that house. I guess maybe she recently, but even, no, his kid's bed is there. I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. Maybe that's not his son's bed. Maybe that was his childhood bed. Uh, it's possible. He, I mean... Well, yeah, that's actually they don't really address that. Did he live in that house when his kid with his kid and his wife? I guess he did. Well, yeah, because that's where the kid goes missing from. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you know, aggressively trimming the shrubbery whenever the the kid went missing. (laughs) Aggressively. Yeah. Um, Like the way that people used to shoot guns in movies by by like you know punching the gun towards whatever they're shooting. Yeah, he's doing right. that, but but shrub trimming. So yeah, I don't I don't know what the continuity is on that. Maybe we did catch a continuity. <laughs> it could be. Uh, so yeah, so she she does a whole like flirting in her swimsuit thing, talking about finding out whether he's single, talking about how she knows men need to work, but also when men need to play. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the whole time, uh, the body of evil demon Sandy has come back to life just a little bit and is using her horrible hand to try to play with his boot and then reaching for a neighbor lady. And so he's having to do like silly hit it with the shovel and kick it with his foot business while maintaining a normal conversation with the neighbor. Yeah. Uh, also, she had weird feet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Maybe we, we might need to look her up on WikiFeet to see. <laughs> Whoa. So he, his choices are weird mouth wife, weird feet neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good. Weird feet neighbor with terrible swedish accent (laughs) well perfectly normal swedish accent terrible american accent yeah (laughs) um and then so finally she leaves uh, or she starts to leave and he immediately begins beating the shit out of the the wad of wife pile and uh, then she turns (laughs) back around to say more to him and he has to pretend like he wasn't just doing that and then she is done and he turns around again and he starts whacking at the thing again um, and and buries, cho- apparently chops her body up into increments and scatters the, bar- like buries the pieces in scattered piles of dirt all throughout the lawn. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, <laughs> in, in the movie that I watched, uh, this lady doesn't realize that his wife's dead body is in a bag and that he's about to chop her up and bury her aggressively and obviously throughout his yard. Yeah, he's he's a, he's about to dismember his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe they can play later. Yeah. Yeah. She knows how to play. Yeah. Um 
And then he start he doesn't he start he starts searching the house for some reason. Oh, I can't remember why he's searching the house. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember why, but then he see he goes back outside and the the dog has dug up the horrible hand, wife's hand, mm-hmm. and he tries to get it to stop, but the dog runs away with his wife's hand. Yeah, he runs away and he's chasing after him. Yeah. Wacky stuff. Yeah, and then uh, it's right back inside and there's a knock at the door and hot neighbor lady is there. Now it's nighttime, right? Yep, now it's suddenly nighttime. Now it's nighttime and and she's like, hey, uh, are you ready to play? And then like the camera pans down her body until you see her horrible <laughs> child is with her. Robert, who co- looks like a younger Jimmy. Um, that, kid, that kid is the worst. And she says a highly disturbing thing. She says, this is my son, Robert. He loves to play. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was, yeah, that was a very strange setup. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it gets stranger uh, because mm-hmm. then um, it, she, it's like being intrusive and he sees that the disembodied hand of his wife, which is demonic, Mm-hmm. is attached onto the back of little Robert's shirt and Robert runs away into the house. And so he tells the neighbor lady to stay right here. Don't go anywhere. I will go get Robert. And then he chases Robert around the house, grabs Robert uh, and is trying to get the hand off of him. So he takes Robert into the bathroom where he is, grabbing at the hand and biting at the hand and Robert, the child, a small child starts crying and asking for his mom and is obviously being abused by a stranger in this horrific, horrific movie. (laughs) And then the mom shows up and he comes out of, out of the bathroom, the child who's crying and he's like, Oh, it's fine. The kid just needed to use the bathroom. And that's obviously not what happened. He obviously just abused this child. (laughs) yeah it's horrific the mom's fine with it she has toys and she's going to force force roger to babysit her child after just having abused him uh and then she leaves and leaves robert behind leaves him to torment her child Yeah. yeah uh yeah and uh and then it after after that is over with um it switches uh the scene switches and now he's watching the um what i now know to be the soap opera that his ex-wife is on mm-hmm. and the quote the very first thing you hear is my sister is an only child and you abused her which is part of what i use as evidence that this movie is uh like telegraphing that this is actually horrific that he did actually just abuse that child because one of the first words you then hear is the word abuse (laughs) that's crazy yeah but that scene from that soap opera is crazy because my sister is an only child and you abused her and that guy is like uh i'm a male prostitute and everyone knows that (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) So super weird. Uh, Robert is crying and uh, uh, Roger's like, do you want to play with something else? And the kid says, yes. And he was like, how about a plastic bag? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
it's it's very uncomfortable <laughs> like he's not going to this is not going to end well at all so the no. the movie that i'm watching is terrifying but apparently the movie that everyone was watching in the 80s was hilarious was <laughs> just absolutely gut busting <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he he uh, coaxes the kid off to the most obviously staged sleep I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, look at your sleepy eyes! <laughs> Stupid. The kid goes to sleep, and then uh, oh, let's see what happens from there. I'm trying to remember. He he goes back to writing. Oh, he goes back to writing, and what do we get? Another cut scene. Yeah, it's it's the scene where uh, Ben gets shot. But oh, not the yeah. rest of it happens. We just see Ben get shot. That's right. It's yeah, real ben quick. Gets, yeah, he gets all shot up. Like, yeah. like because, you know, apparently all that caution that he was showing, running through the jungle, <laughs> screaming, you <laughs> ended up getting him shot. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, so yeah, so Ben gets all shot up. Yep. And uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, so... I mean, that's basically all that happens there. He wakes up and uh, Robert is gone. Robert is the the pile of blankets is still there on the couch, but Robert is not in them. Ro- yeah, so Robert is gone. So he he ends up he you know ends up upstairs, mm-hmm. and um, he he runs in his room and he sees uh, creatures pulling Robert by the arms up the chimney. He yeah. sees him through the, you know, like in the fireplace or whatever. Yeah, like weird little like creepy. Sesame Street ghost demon childs. Yes. And and apparently, um, in my notes, I wrote that one of them, his name is Felix Silla or Sia. Oh. Um, he he is also the same actor who played Cousin It on The Addams Family. Nice. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> the horror connection. The Desi Lu probably connection. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. So, yeah, they're like these two little goblin-y creatures that are all laughing <laughs> yeah really ridiculous looking so he's he's basically roger is having like a tug of war with them mm-hmm. um <laughs> in the uh fireplace like hooking his legs around the edge of the fireplace and yeah. using this kid who apparently the kid is just overjoyed yeah he thinks that those creepy demon childs are great <laughs> he's really getting a kick out of it yeah <laughs> and so then they just let go and yep. uh, Roger wins the tug of war. Yep. And uh, which, yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't just Roger picking up the kid and shoving him up into the chimney a bunch of times. Trying to stuff him in the chimney. Yeah. And then getting tired of that and deciding, well, now I have to bathe this child. I guess I'll just bathe him. And yeah. Yeah. So then he goes and gives the kid a bath. Not creepy at all. Mm hmm. And nope. they have a little, they have a little moment where the kid throws a washcloth in his face. Mm-hmm. So he throws it in the kid's face too. <laughs> right. Like fuck you, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, then uh, the lady shows back up to get her kid. Yeah, Tanya's back. Tanya. Yeah, Tanya shows up to get her kid, and uh, well, takes the kid. And uh, now scarred for life, child Robert. Yeah, exactly. Scarred for life. And then, you know, uh, just before midnight, Mm -hmm. because, you know, often your neighbor just shows up just before midnight. Harold shows up with beer Mm -hmm. again. And uh, Roger takes him up to the uh, 
camera room. Yeah, ask him if he's ever been hunting. Yeah, and lays this ridiculous story about a raccoon that's been getting into the house. A raccoon the size of a St. Bernard. <laughs> he's gonna, he wants, he, he, he wants to have him, uh, he wants Harold to use the harpoon gun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's got this whole plan worked out that they're gonna harpoon this St. Bernard-sized raccoon. Yeah, the, the harpoon is connected to a uh, Jaws-sized fishing pole. Um, and, and so he's like, yeah, I'm going to open this door. And as soon as I open it, you're going to shoot the harpoon gun into the closet at the monster that's in there. Yeah. And Harold is clearly not feeling this plan at all. Yeah. He, Harold is skeptical because in the movie that I'm watching, it's obvious that this crazy man has obviously abducted someone who is Mm -hmm. hiding in the closet. And now he, he wants, Roger wants Harold to kill the person. (laughs) So much better than what it what really happens. Yes. <laughs> so he, then we have yeah. So then we have this whole you know scenario where he's got you know Harold set up there with the thing and and what does Roger grab to protect himself? A mattress, a big twin twin size mattress, just like the thing. What what? The original thing. Oh, yeah, where she hid behind the mattress and then it got all slashy. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Good connection. I know. It's like, wow, all these movies tie together. Wow, this scene would have been so much better if they just decided to start flinging fire around everywhere. (laughs) Just dumped kerosene in this tiny room. Oh, my God, that scene was amazing. It really was. This scene, not so much. It's not that amazing. You know what the best part of any movie that has a cool monster in it is? The second time you see the same monster and nothing is different or more interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, so there's this big, big tense countdown and then he he opens the door and it's the same fucking monster from before. Same monster and of course uh, Roger... Uh, I'm sorry, Harold does not shoot the harpoon gun for a while because he's just like surprised at what he's seeing. And so uh, so so uh, Roger has to do battle with it. And then eventually uh, Harold finally shoots the harpoon gun in there. And I think that what I'm what what they're seeing is uh, the, what the movie is showing is that uh, Harold is surprised that there's actually a monster. And what I saw was there's no monster, but eventually Harold was like, "Well, it's okay if I shoot the harpoon gun in there because it won't hit anything." <laughs> That's right. Might as well just shoot it and yeah. get this guy to chill out because he's trying to be supportive. He's trying to be like he's trying to help his neighbor through a hard time. He's a good neighbor. He's a good neighbor. So he shoots the harpoon gun and the line gets wrapped around. uh, Oh, yeah. Part part of it was after he shoots the harpoon gun, (laughs) Roger tells him to shoot again. (laughs) And Harold's like, what are you talking about? It's a harpoon. It's tied to this thing. You set this up. (laughs) And then as it turns out, the thing. So then the thing bolts out, I guess, because and. And of course, the line wraps around Roger's foot. Yep. So he's now getting dragged into this weird hell portal, whatever the hell it is. Yep. So, 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 uh, Harold like is down on the ground and grabs his hand and he says, I'll never let you go if it's the last thing I do or something like that. And of course, he lets him go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, in my mind, it's just like what he's seeing is, uh, <laughs> 
Roger pretending to struggle in a closet all by himself. <laughs> and he's just trying to be supportive and go with it. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. Well, it's okay because as we will see soon, Harold has a severe alcoholism problem. Yes, yes, he does. He <laughs> drinks an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. But before we see that, uh, we have to follow. Uh, we have to follow uh, Roger through the dark inside of his own mind. <laughs> That's right. Um, let's see. The Where dark does... night of the soul. Yep. Uh, Roger. Oh yeah, he's uh, the closet portal takes him to Vietnam. And he's calling for his son. And uh, you can see the portal door like open behind him, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that was that was a uh, very poltergeisty mm-hmm. um, uh, connection to the real world. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it's back to where Ben was shot and Ben is on the on the Vietnam turf moaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rogers runs over and is like cradling his head. Yeah. One of those type deals, and and Ben's begging him to kill him because, you know, he doesn't want the 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 uh, bad guys to get him. Yeah, he doesn't want the the bamboo fingernail treatment. Yeah, but <laughs> Roger can't do it because he's a complete wuss, a total piece of asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, I'll he so he he leaves and he's like, no, I'll, I'll come back for you. Mm-hmm. And then as he gets just a little ways distant, every single Vietnamese sh- soldier <laughs> comes out of the foliage. That's right. The entire Viet Cong yeah. and drags uh, drags Ben away off into the, in the wilderness screaming, I'll get you. Yeah, I swear I'll get you for this. <laughs> so, so Ben is going to die after a good old fashioned Vietnamese military torturing. Yeah, not dark at all. No, no. Maybe he'll become a senator. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and and then the other soldiers, the the other Vietnamese soldiers realize that uh, Roger is there, so they start shooting at him and chase him back into the portal that's in the foliage. Yeah. And he like dives through and, you know, of course gets through the, by the skin of his teeth. Yep. And he jumps back out into the uh, bedroom or whatever, where he had gone in and it is now morning. And, <laughs> and Harold is there with a, a four fifths empty bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, sleeping on the twin mattress. Yeah. 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 Sleeping on the twin mattress. He has a fire poker and he almost beats the shit out of Roger. <laughs> Roger wakes him up and he almost destroys him. Yeah, which was awesome. He almost uh, gets nade on his ass. Yeah. And then they don't really talk about it. No. Yeah. No. Roger just kind of helps him to the couch to go back to sleep. Helps him back to his own to to Harold's own couch. He like he like drunk walks him like we don't see that happen, but that's the same couch that he called uh, Roger's wife from. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So so Rod, so Harold is just so drunk that he's barely conscious. He can swing a fire poker a little bit, but then go right back to pass out times. I mean, you, I'm like. 99% certain that he shit himself. Oh, yeah. I like that he came over to split a six-pack, but then ended the night drinking most of a Jack Daniels. 
<laughs> like that would have done anything for him. Yeah. <sighs> um, what happens? Uh, so yeah, so so Harold's Harold's whole thing is he's fifty percent good neighbor, fifty percent just sad alcoholic which <laughs> pathetic loser so that explains harold's weird whole thing in that situation i'm sure he'd already had a good amount of that jack before he brought over the six pack it's like this will yeah. be good this will convince my awesome author neighbor that i'm not an alcoholic if i do pre-gaming <laughs> and then if for some reason he vanishes into the closet i can drink all of his I jack daniels can, i can just keep drinking and pass out on this mattress half leaning against the wall this urine stained mattress yeah, not even i'm gonna stay loyally in this room it's a, it's a real weird movie um so yeah. roger uh roger for some reason decides now is the time to check the unfinished painting that had the turpentine rag on it yeah just it just pops into his head it's like oh you know what um and it turns out that that turpentine rag was covering the bathroom uh uh mirror that Mm -hmm. he's been looking at this whole movie and his son's reflection is in that mirror so he goes and he smashes that mirror and it reveals a dark emptiness void that you can only get through through the smashed remnants of that mirror frame Mm-hmm. He even he even goes out like through the bathroom window to look on the opposite side of the wall on the outside of the house because he's trying to figure out how this hole was able to cut through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He realizes, yeah, it's not as at least, you know, it's not his mind playing tricks on him. It's really actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not his mind playing tricks on him. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> there isn't a magical portal on the outside of this house. This must be real. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then yeah, he does, yeah what's he he gets his gear to go in there yeah, he wants to, right. he's gonna go repelling so ridiculous <laughs> spelunking yep yeah so he he's got the whole rope thing he he anchors the rope to the tiny little bitty toilet <laughs> yeah that was must be a hell of an installation job yeah yeah really really screwed down toilet so a great plumber <laughs> He so he anchors his rope to that, throws all of the rope into the emptiness uh, of his own mind, and <laughs> starts to rappel down into the darkness. Yep, just right on down into the void. Oh, you know what? We skipped over the part where uh, uh, tentacles and a bunch of uh, dog toy squeaky hands come out of the darkness and attack him. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that, that yeah, he's he's kind of peering into the void and all of a sudden this ridiculous tentacle looks like the alien tail. Mm-hmm. Uh reaches out and wraps around him and then then uh rubber glove monster hands reach through and are trying to pull him through as well. Yep. And and he he fights them off with a straight razor and he mm-hmm. uses the straight razor to slit their wrists, which is Definitely not indicative of crazy nonsense going on in this movie. Absolutely not. Nope. It's fine. <laughs> and at that point, he uh, anchors the rope to the toilet and repels down with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then he fights a very evil, dead-looking, awesome skull demon flight batwing monster. 
which uh, steals his shotgun and then does like a whole badass like gun flip shoot with the shotgun, which destroys the rope and he falls all the way down into the water that's at the bottom of the emptiness of the darkness of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then emerges from the waters of his psyche and now he is uh, back in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. He finds Jimmy. Jimmy is in a bamboo cage. Yeah, Jimmy is is chained in a bamboo cage that he he just can't get out of because he's chained in it. Mm-hmm. There's no way he could ever get out. Nope. And then Roger walks up and just undoes the chain. Yeah, yeah. He just opens it and unlocks everything with his hand. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but but Jimmy is uh, is warning him. He's like he's coming back, and Roger says who? And then we hear machine gun shots, and we see like a, a fucking a shadow of an awesome thing. Yeah, we see like what assume you know. Obviously, we're assuming, but it's it's Ben's silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so Roger rescues Jimmy from the cage. They go for a swim. So they go back under the water of of, uh, of Roger's psyche and emerge again. And this time they're in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. In the, the swimming of the pool of Roger's psyche. Yep. Yeah, the <laughs> swimming pool that he originally tried to save Jimmy from definitely didn't just accidentally drown his son mm-hmm. in the swimming pool that one time. Yep. Um... <laughs> You know, I think we forgot the scene in the scene where where he realizes that Jimmy is missing. There's like this whole moment where he's looking for Jimmy and then he goes outside and there's a car in front of the house that peels away, like it speeds away and takes crazy turns out of the neighborhood. Not, yeah, I had mentioned that, but I don't understand what the hell that meant. I don't know either. It looked like Jimmy was abducted, like someone kidnapped Jimmy. Yeah, that that, that, that was a really strange... It's almost like they just had another idea and abandoned it and forgot to take that shot out. Yeah, like they they were like, all right, so we're going to shoot like several different ideations of this movie. And uh, then they were like, yeah, that was a really cool car scene. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It it never shows up again. There's no explanation, no relevance. Yeah, I I, I guess it was just there to uh, uh, make us question like, okay, was Jimmy sucked under the ground by a demon or right. did he get sucked into the pool or was he actually just abducted by a stranger? Yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't know. Yeah, um, the movie has some issues. <laughs> Fortunately, it's so silly, it doesn't really matter. That's true. Um, so so now they're inside the house, he, he and Jimmy are, and uh, there's a knock at the door and he opens the door and it is a zombified version of Ben. Yeah, what a getup! Yeah, and and that's whenever it it dawns on Roger that uh, that Ben, zombie, undead, demon, ghost Ben, stole his child from him. Yeah, he's the one behind all this tomfoolery. Yeah, so all those other demons don't really didn't didn't do it. They're just also they were also here. Did they escape from some portal that Ben? created in his rage maybe they are his friends from demon town and they said sure we'll help you (laughs) just ruin your buddy's shit they run a tight-knit uh hell yeah he he met the madame of hell and she was like oh yes i will help you with this i will portray his wife (laughs) 
it's very strange. So yeah, so now all of the monsters we've met up to this point, including the Marlin on the wall and the floating tools, they are over with, and now it is just a kind of shitty-looking zombie version of Ben. Yeah, whose entire face moves when he talks <laughs> um, because it's a rubber mask. Yeah, because of the foam rubber mask, and uh, and uh, the his the the front of him is one of those obvious like shirts that's supposed to look like ribs yes one single piece yeah it's so bad it's It's kind of it looks funny but it's terrible oh yeah yeah it's 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 very 1985 hilarious (laughs) yeah it's not meant to be taken seriously yeah uh so why didn't you kill me they tortured me for weeks and and that's when roger sends jimmy to get help my my child that has been trapped in a hell dimension for so long run run jimmy go get help and of course we've already learned that jimmy can't open doors so uh (laughs) he goes to the back of the home there's a doorknob well jimmy's stuck (laughs) game over for jimmy well he had a good run (laughs) Uh, it's a doorknob i'm screwed (laughs) and so now he is fighting and running from ben and Ben tries shoot. He has to shoot his way through a door. And this is my favorite quote from the movie. Damn, came back from the grave and ran out of ammunition. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Barely got any shots off. Yeah. He had, he had five bullets left in his massive machine gun. And now it's over. He's totally unprepared. <laughs> Uh, so Roger climbs out, uh, climbs out onto the roof and then does, uh, like way too many seconds of crazy roof business and like, Oh, almost slips and then climbs back in through a different window. (laughs) Crazy roof business. (laughs) Gets back in. Yeah. All of that was just pointless. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, they come in through the attic yeah yeah he comes in through the attic and then is like trying to be all sneaky through the hallways and then ben is just like there like ah (laughs) just just jump scares his way right out of the third doorway yeah uh they have a little fight i think they uh uh he Something happens. I don't know. It, w- it was very poltergeisty, but something happens where now all of a sudden the side of the house is gone and 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 Roger is now dangling from the edge like he's hanging onto the flooring. And now there's like a cliffside and the ocean below him. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, he just opens the door and then suddenly that's behind him. Is that what it, it was just the door? Like, I, I yeah. yeah, it was like the doorway to the it was like a double like a double swinging door like you would maybe have connecting the kitchen to the rest of the to the dining room or something so you could push it while you're carrying food okay it was one of those deals and he pushes those doors and suddenly he's at the edge of a cliff and and then like gets like pushed over and is dangling from from one hand yeah with ben stomping on his fingers and yeah saying all the dumb tough guy lines all of all of the things and uh uh you're lost buddy and so what does Roger do? But he spends some time with his one hand that is not being crushed by a boot and also purely responsible from preventing him from falling to his death. He uses that hand to take off his belt belt, and create a crazy lasso contraption with it. 
and flings that up that and it it snatches onto zombie ben's arm and he then yoinks zombie ben down off the edge of the cliff and he uh he uh falls below and smashes against the rocks and might i add that <laughs> this is the, this is the same zombie ben um that that when they're fighting earlier roger rips his arm off yeah. and beats him with it yeah yeah right that was fucking badass <laughs> he rips his arm off and just starts bonking him with it and it just bounces off of him because it's a it is the consistency of a dog squeaky toy <laughs> yeah, and then he takes it back from him and puts it back on but then I was wondering, but suddenly his arm was strong enough to have Roger pull him off the cliff. Wouldn't the arm just come off? I think it was the other arm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't know. He had one detachable arm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so after he belt lassos Ben down onto the rocks, he goes looking for Jimmy. And it turns out that Ben is just there. And yeah. Ben has Jimmy, and he's going to kill Jimmy unless you kill yourself. <laughs> so stupid. Those moments, usually in, in shitty movies, they'll they'll have the bad guy come back like that just because they apparently think, you know, people who watch movies are so dumb they don't know that the bad guy's going to come back anyway. Mm -hmm. So they just have these things that make no sense. Like, you just watched him smash on the rocks below, but then he magically comes back. Yeah. You know, which would be fine, except what's about to happen in a little bit, just in a minute here. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but that's okay, because it's all for the beautiful sense of humor of this horror comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, so that's going on, and uh, uh, he's, he's, Ben is threatening Jimmy with the knife, and, and so in order to save his son, Roger, like, springs forward and jimmy like cuts his hand in uh, no ben cuts her, uh, roger's hand in half with the knife and you yeah just... he reaches yeah he reaches for the knife to try to save his son and ben chops his fingers off yeah and it just real quick a real flash pretty pretty cool scene though mm -hmm. but then just like an instant later roger's looking at his hand and all of his fingers are still still there so then he realizes that ben can't actually hurt him and that's why yeah. he's trying to trick him into killing himself. That was mm -hmm. a thing earlier. The aunt said uh, a bunch of stuff about, like, the house tricked me into doing it, and you're already pretty far gone. It's going to trick you, too. Mm -hmm. A decent conceit. Yeah, yeah. And it, it came to fruition here. Good job, movie. Good job, Steve mm -hmm. Miner. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, And so he's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I beat you, and I beat this house. And then he takes Jimmy away from Ben, grabs one of Ben's grenades, pulls the pin, shoves it in his guts, and then Ben blows up. And then... Yeah, a lovely explosion. Yeah. And then we're outside of the house where Harold is looking on from the garden and the a taxi rolls up and Sandy is in it. And they can both see from outside that the house is fucking on fire. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. The house is fucking burning down and uh roger uh comes out through the front door with jimmy in his arms and uh jimmy sees his mom and yells mommy and runs to her and and uh they embrace and the movie is over yeah that horrible shit-eating grin on roger's face at the end 
yeah. that that'll that'll haunt your nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so self pleased. And uh, in the version of the movie that I saw, <laughs> that's obviously not Sandy, and that's obviously not Jimmy. That is obviously um, the the neighbor Tanya and her son Robert, who you know uh, Roger has kidnapped while burning down the house. Yeah, and he's hallucinating that the kid, not hallucinating, but in his little fantasy world, that's his wife and kid. Yeah, that yeah, his kid that he just rescued from the the depths of his own psyche. My house is burning. <laughs> yeah, your your version is so much more interesting than what 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 apparently was taking place. <laughs> I, which was pretty straight, stupid narrative. Yeah, I I kept looking for indications that it it really wasn't what I suspected was going on. the The closest thing to moments where you know it wasn't actually just him being uh like bad was uh when when Harold was helping him shoot the closet and right there at the end. But like the evidence just isn't there to support this being a straight forward comedy horror. <laughs> well, I mean, aside from the straightforward comedy horror that runs throughout the entire movie. That's true. And the fact that I, I looked all over the internet and I couldn't find anyone else that had gotten the same read as me. So it's obviously my problem. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome read. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think I I think the reason the, the dead giveaway that it's that it it that that no one else picked up on it anyway is that you know the the movie didn't isn't considered like you know a turning point in horror history, which it would be if they had pulled that maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> they turn like start with this zany comedy and turn it into this ex, it just excessively dark <laughs> murder nightmare. Yeah. It would be a great movie. <laughs> it really would. And <laughs> definitely better than this one. Yeah, that's why we need the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> Chop it up, Zack. Yeah, we need a loathsome things cut. Oh, my God. <laughs> the cooter cut. Yeah. <laughs> cooter lives. <laughs> oh, man. That's okay. going to be our first movie. Yep. Yeah. All right, so so house two, the second story, um, mm -hmm. the uh, so lay it on us. Yeah. All right. So the the final the final section of the synopsis from Wikipedia is the film ends with the revelation that Jesse used the skull to travel back into the old west, where he, Charlie, and the rest of their friends drive off in a wagon on a new adventure, leaving the crystal skull behind, marking Gramps's new grave. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is that? That is. <laughs> They're like, all right, so we're gonna have to tie the wagons in there somehow. Oh my god, it has absolutely nothing to do. There's, it's not even a house. Wait, just wait. House three, the horror show. <laughs> this, the final, final uh, section. The next day, the McCarthys are moving out with Scott still alive. Bonnie goes into the basement and runs outside to find Gasmo in a box. The family takes a photo as the screen freezes and fades to black. Oh, wow. Well, it sounds like a better ending anyway. So who that's the fuck the, is Gasmo? I don't know who Gasmo is, but he sounds triumphant. <laughs> uh, that's the Lance Hendrickson one, and apparently that movie was not maybe entirely filmed to be in this series they that's the one that it sounds like they shoehorned it in 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's really strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Lance Hendrickson signed on to be in House 3. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome when they do that. <laughs> that is really weird. Yeah. And so um, House 4, The Repossession, starring the return of William Cat as Roger Cobb. Various supernatural events start occurring in the house, and after Kelly consults with a Native American spiritual guide, she oh, learns that the spirit of Roger and some <laughs> Indians have been trying to warn Kelly that Roger's tragic car accident was in fact cold-blooded murder, and that Burke is trying to sell the land to the mafia so that it can be used for the illegal dumping of toxic waste. <laughs> what the fuck? Goof. all the way off the reservation that one is oh man that sounds so bad yeah. what the fuck yeah you know one one uh, one house lot worth of toxic dump site please wow yeah the mafia good, good lord that just sounds that just sounds horrendous yep <laughs> God, what were they thinking? I don't know, but uh, they were thinking Hollywood people will watch fucking anything. <laughs> Apparently so. It, it's, it's Or at least green light it, which is all that really matters. Yep, yep. I, yeah. I I didn't check on the the like ticket stubs for the other two, but I know the first one was like no budget and they made like tens of millions of dollars profit. Oh, the second one was actually fairly lucrative. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's why they make the they keep making or they were making these sequels back then is because well, I mean, even now, like people like they cost so little to make, and people will see them, so you, it's just free money. Yeah. Wow. That's why um, the eighth movie in the Conjuring franchise just came out. Is it the eighth movie? It's the eighth fucking movie in the in the Conjuring franchise. Wow. Also, can I add that movie sucked? Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't the best. It's also even worse once you like realize that it is based on an actual couple of yeah. scam artist, horrible, horrible, horrible people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, but, now, it wasn't the worst. It, it, it I mean, it wasn't the best, obviously, in the series, but it definitely wasn't the worst. Had some okay stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I recently I was like, you know what? That's the eighth. Maybe I need to go through and watch it. But I don't know. I uh, I watched the I rewatched the first movie, and then I watched Annabelle, and that's yeah. just that was not a good time. Yeah, Annabelle's terrible. Yeah, Annabelle is. Uh, I will go ahead and say, Annabelle is worse than the straightforward read of the movie House. <laughs> <laughs> I had more fun trying to watch this movie as it not being the more horrific version of it than watching Annabelle. Oh yeah, Annabelle's just joyless. It's yeah. just it's just garbage. It has one good scene where like the doll is being held and you can just kind of see a demon holding it up behind, which mm -hmm. is great, but it's the exact same scene as Insidious but mm -hmm. with a less interesting monster behind it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which wow. I really feel like The Conjuring was, what if we made Insidious, but less interesting? Yeah. We'll make eight. <laughs> Oil boy. Yeah. I mean, even The Nun was better than that. Yeah, and apparently The Curse of La Llorona is part of the franchise. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. They, they just added all that stuff to uh, one of the streaming channels. Yes, yes. The one uh, that won't be named Pay Us. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> Pay us so we can 
we can identify you when we talk about your shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sell us ad space for gun juice. <laughs> That's right. And help us produce Cooter Libs. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I want to write a script for Cooter Libs, but only because the idea is fun and doing the actual work would suck. <laughs> like, wow, this really sucks. I hate this. <laughs> Cooter is coming to life. <laughs> That's Cooter for <laughs> the return of Cooter. Yeah, Cooter Five. Cooter goes to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh man, the Cooter franchise. Oh my god, the Cooter verse. Cooter. John. If you had to uh, give this movie a rating uh, between mm -hmm. one, or I guess, I'm sorry, between zero and five on a scale of zero through five, how would you rate this movie? I, it, yeah, I think I would, I feel like I'm being generous, but I'm going to give it a two and a half. Oh, shit. <laughs> because it's not a good movie. It's not great. It is funny, though. It is funny, and I did like George Went. I, th I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, he was just being George Went. And and William Cat, I thought, did a pretty good job. He's a little stiff, uh, but not too bad. And uh, the, the effects were fun. Richard Mull was, was, of course, hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, but other than that, the movie was pretty bad. Yeah. I, mean, to, I think, you know, I mean, we've probably committed a... Uh, a cardinal sin in that this is not the kind of movie you want to tear apart. That probably doesn't help the enjoyment of it. Um, but we tore it apart and I realized that there really wasn't much there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, in a stunning turn of events, I, I agree entirely to the point that I also gave it a two. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. It was just, uh, and, and, but I will say that my rating might be, ungenerous because I rated it based off of the movie that I thought I was watching and then mm -hmm. trying to actually rate it based on the movie that it was compared to the movie that I thought it was. Right. Um, and so like I wanted, like I wanted to actually have enjoyed it more than I did given what the movie was actually presenting. So I don't know. Yeah. So that gives it a, a five out of 10. That is still solidly like, go watch the movie. It's a fun time. There's cool stuff in it. It's an enjoyable movie to have watched. It's just not great. It's not great, but it definitely is, um, you know, if you're a horror movie fan and, and you, you particularly enjoy the kind of the goofiness that came out of the 80s, this is firmly in that camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was, I've been thinking about, you know, why why I enjoyed this movie and, or, you know, not why I enjoy it. I know why I enjoyed it, but why I've had, you know, continued to have fond memories of this film. And I... And, Talking about it makes me realize that um, I think what happened was I expected it to just be when it came out, I thought it was going to be like a serious, you know, just a dumb haunted house movie um, that was supposed to be trying to be scary. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think at some point I found out before I saw it that it was a comedy and I didn't seek it out, but I remember it was on cable or something one day and I watched it and I really had low expectations. It was just something that was on and I just 
I just figured I'd watch it. And I actually kind of got some laughs out of it. Yeah. I was pretty young. I was pretty young. So, um, you know, so it, it always kind of left a pleasant memory because yeah, I had it. I actually was surprised by it and had a good time watching it. Now that I know all the beats and all the gags in it, I, you know, the jokes don't really hold up that well. Yeah. Um, but having said that, it is it is a fun movie. And, and especially if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out because it's it's just good, goofy fun. Yep, absolutely. And also, I will say, like, maybe the way that maybe the way that we watched this movie, you know, by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, isn't isn't really the spirit of a horror comedy uh, already. Like, you know, that's true. I know I've uh, I've watched um Spaceballs with a, a group of my friends as a teenager and it was fucking hilarious and we all like shit ourselves laughing so hard and then yeah. I also watched the movie by myself and did not have a good time you're like wow this movie is terrible yeah so so it it, it also could just be the the spirit with which we watched it um, uh, with me it also could be like the weird expectations I took into it and the whole experience but it's definitely worth uh it's definitely worth watching. It, it makes me wonder about the, I've never really thought about the subgenre of horror comedy. Or yeah, comedy I haven't horror. either. It usually rubs me the wrong way, even though I, when I look back, there are some really good movies in that subgenre. Yeah. But I would be, I would be hard pressed. If you asked me to name five movies and only one of them could be from the house franchise, mm-hmm. I would be, I'd be hard pressed to actually name five horror comedies. Oh really? Yeah, like like I just I I don't know, I don't really know the subgenre very well. I mean, yeah. I know Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh mm-hmm. wait, no, I've got yeah, I've got it now. Evil Dead and Army of Darkness and yeah, Sam. Yeah, well that's okay. true. <laughs> and and uh, the uh, the the vampire one whose title I can never remember. Oh, oh among, the sh- uh, among the shadows, uh, we live among the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the one with uh like yeah the um the fucking new zealand one yeah why can i can never remember the title of it anyways that one is and i love that movie by yeah. the way the series course, is really good too yeah, yeah yeah the series is great and then Shaun of the dead yeah yeah i wish i wish simon Pegg hadn't turned into a complete asshole but yes yeah, Shaun yeah, of really, the dead is awesome it is it is and and the the follow-up was pretty decent yep fuzz is that what it was hot hot fuzz hot fuzz hot yeah fuzz. yeah, yeah. And okay, yeah, so I've got 10. And then there's also Tusk, which is another one where it's like really hard to figure out if is this funny or is it just horrific? Yeah, Tusk is a is a strange movie um, for obvious reasons, but it also just hits me as a strange movie. Like, what the fuck was Kevin Smith thinking? <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> you could you could really get a better sense of what the fuck was Kevin Smith thinking whenever you followed up with watching Yoga Hosers. <laughs> it's like okay i get it guy you 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 need to stop is that that's is that the one with the mini hitlers or is that yeah the else? the hot dog wieners that are all uh like hitler clone stuff okay i i guess i have seen that movie <laughs> yep and it's terrible it's so bad which is weird because red state i really liked yeah he i don't i don't know it's i'm i have very hit or miss experiences with kevin smith movies yeah for me it's mostly miss um but i have had some there have been some high points uh red state really surprised me i was i had very low expectations for that i have Um, not seen that and i don't know what it is 
it's uh, about these these I, I don't remember the exact story, but essentially there's these folks that get wrapped up with this like podunk hillbilly uh, conservative like right wing Christian cult. Oh, good. Who are heralding you know the end of the end of times, and you can hear like the trumpets. <laughs> And all this weird shit starts happening. It's fucking awesome. Oh, I'm going to have to seek that out. Sorry, that, that sounds amazing. It's actually really good. I was shocked. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds good. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into that. Um, but that is not what we're gonna watch next time. Fair, no, sir. beautiful, sweet little listeners. Um, oh yes. <laughs> John, do you have things to say to the nice people? Uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and. Uh, don't forget to hit us up if you have questions, suggestions, complaints, uh, whatever. Yep. We are uh, available on the, all the social medias that older people like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't have a TikTok. Yeah, no, we don't have TikTok, no Snapchat. I don't even really know what WhatsApp is for. <laughs> it's, well, people people use it kind of like a, a messaging app, but it's, it's uh but like people in international like brazilians love it how many like, is a brazilian <laughs> it, uh, there's at least a brazilian people that like to use it so you can find us on twitter and instagram at loathsome pod you can find us on facebook at loathsome podcast and you can find us right here because this is how you find us it's already you're already here good job um and rate us on this place give us give us five stars or ten stars or whatever it is that they use so that other people can find us and listen to us and uh that would be good yeah get the word out yeah come back uh in two weeks scalooter bye